This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the TVU Podcast. I'm Dustin, BJ, and Scott are with me. This time around, in uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about all the big news from San Diego Comic-Con. Now, you may realize that uh, at least the last two years of Comic-Con haven't been um, anywhere near... Well, I mean, 2020, there really wasn't a Comic-Con last year. They delayed it till around Thanksgiving time, and then this year, obviously, it's, it, it falls back into the normal July slot that it typically is in, but... The real question going into Comic-Con was how much news were we actually going to see? You know, without two years of Comic-Con, it gives the ability to have these companies find other ways of releasing news or finding other ways of figuring out what works and what doesn't work when it comes to talking about or promoting some of their newer projects. And one thing that is amusing in general is how the DC films had two years to basically catch up uh, not, not not necessarily catch up to Marvel because they're, they're definitely not going to do that in two years. But they had two years to kind of figure out their stuff, and this year proved to be no different than another previous year that uh, DC has shown up to San Diego with small amounts of news related to their movie stuff. So um, that said, uh, there there was, however, a bunch of comic news. Um, I know we did just do a comic episode or comic themed episode last episode, but there was a lot of comic news, a lot of stuff that uh, some stuff that I don't think a lot of people were expecting and other things where there's a little bit more details on some of the projects that we're releasing. So we're going to do a rundown of some of that stuff. And then there's also a trailer for a, a new trailer, but it is the last of the trailers for um, Gotham Knights, f- specifically focusing on Batgirl. Um, so we have that. And then to round up the episode, we're going to be talking about the only trailer from the DC films that were released, which was Shazam Fury of the Gods. The first trailer for that film, which is coming out in December, also made its way online. So we're going to be talking about that as well. So to start off, let's talk about comics. There was a lot of stuff when it came to the comics that's got announced and were revealed and a little bit more details. The biggest announcement... I guess I guess it can be gauged. I mean, I I I I uh, wrote the article on the website that we're talking about, so you'll get more details and as well as looks at some of the art behind some of these books that were uh, 
We're going to be talking about but the big announcement, the first big announcement of the weekend was a series called Gotham City Year One. Now, this is a new six-issue miniseries that teams writer Tom King with Phil Hester. And basically, the gist of this story is it's following Slam Bradley. It's following Slam Bradley, and he is a private investigator that is basically two generations before Batman comes to be within Gotham City. And um, the entire story is taking place in Gotham City as there's a headline-grabbing kidnapping of the century as the Wayne heir Helen disappears in the night. And then there's it, it, it basically is a brutal, hard-boiled epic tale of a man living on the edge and a city about to burn. So um, what do we think about this this new series that was announced? I mean, it's funny because literally the last episode I said that Tom King had his swan song with Batman Catwoman. And while, yes, he is currently putting out a series called Batman Killing Time, we have this series kind of pop up right as Batman Catwoman ends and Tom King is again back on a Batman boat. I like it. I think it feels fresh. Um, it The art kind of gives me Sin City vibes. You know, and I mean that as a compliment. Um, you know, and I like the idea that it's just, it just seems like a Batman adjacent, uh, plot boiler crime thriller, you know, with Slam Bradley, which is like a nice callback to. So yeah, overall, I'm actually pretty jazzed for this one. And I think Tom King could be a really good fit since this seems to be in his wheelhouse with the whole, you know, mystery angle. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for that. I'm probably more excited for this one than all the others, just because it's always fun to see a Gotham pre-Batman. And it was Gotham always so corrupt and full of crime, or did Batman just kick it off? But it's definitely, well, we won't have any supervillains probably, but it's definitely hard-boiled detective where Slam Bradley, he'll probably be forced to turn in his badge, and then he'll go out on on his own and solve the case in classic detective style yeah i agree um this interests me like you said bj for the exact same reason which is the idea of just building that history prior to batman becoming batman prior to batman even being born um I always really liked it. That one of the series that's released that this reminds me of, but it's not the same. It's not even the same type of uh, you know genre, I guess, is uh, Batman Gates of Gotham, where it was like diving into a lot of the the history of the the top four families of Gotham and how things came to be, and it was a really good story that kind of. Batman took a back seat to everything that was going on. Yes, there was Batman in it. Yes, there was other members of the Bat family that were in it. But the the entire premise of the story was more of a history lesson on how Gotham became Gotham. So I hope that this is, you know, in the same vein as that. Not necessarily in the same vein as how that book was written. Because that book was written more of a superhero tale, less of a you know, a, a crime drama or a detective story. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. The The next series um, actually ties into the world of video games, and it's a prequel to the upcoming Gotham Knights game. Um, it's called Batman Gotham Knights Gilded City. Again, it's a six-issue miniseries. It's teaming writer Evan Narcisse with artist Abel. Um, the issues 
will also include codes for in-game items. So each issue will include a code. Um, one of the codes will include a skin for a bat cycle. They already showed off that. You could take a look at the actual bat cycle that they are, or the skin for that um, on the website. But basically, this takes place prior to the events of Gotham Knights. We know that uh, from the setup of the trailer, Batman is no longer in Gotham City. Um, and in this series, Batman still exists. Um, but there is a vigilante, um, an early vigilante called Runaway, um, who existed in Gotham City possibly prior to Batman existing. It's not really clear. It specifically says uh, they the series splits between present-day Gotham City and the Gotham City of the 1800s. So again, we're we're doing like a history lesson. There's a common theme among some of these books. Um, that excites me. Um, I, I know that this isn't going to be in continuity. Not that Gotham city year one is going to be in continuity because who knows what will happen, but the, we know that this won't be in continuity just because it shares the same, um, elements of the video game, but it's still, it's always cool to see aspects shown and when it's not in continuity they can take a they have a little bit more freedom of what they can and can't do so um while i you know like i know the whole shtick with the codes and you know for skins and things like that and in-game items i mean obviously that worked pretty well for dc when it came to the Fortnite stuff that they did with batman and Fortnite crossing over prior or before but i will say I feel like it's a gimmick and not that I care. I mean, I'm going to read the series regardless, but I think it is, it really is like a gimmick. Yeah. I, it all depends on how much I like the game on whether or not I will check this out. So I tend to not go for the tie-ins either for movies or games, just, you know, unless it's something I really, really love. So I'm, I'm, cautiously I'm going to watch this one and see how it goes with the reviews and then ultimately how I feel about the game but I could totally see this like doing really well like I think about with those Fortnite issues you mentioned every time I go to the comic shop and they have a new one um, you know they have the limit one per customer sign and those usually seem to sell like really well like those sell out quick so I'm thinking maybe like with the way the story you know sounds in here it sounds like unique and like its own thing and like they're actually like trying to tell like a good story so maybe there's some thought and hopes that it'll turn into like um an injustice situation where the series will just eventually grow and last for years they just keep making more and more yeah i've never been a big uh tie-in video game comic guy um I never read any of the Arkham tie-ins. I don't know if you guys have, but it just seems it does seem like it's a cash grab. Like now they're putting in codes and stuff. So maybe I'll check out the first issue just to see what it's like, and if it grabs me, maybe I'll keep reading. To be clear, I I will say the Arkham games. I don't really think that they were that great, but I think that was kind of like prior to the success of like what happened with Injustice, where Injustice built its own little universe and was able to expand it for such a long period of time multiple series multiple years um i think that's an example of how it can be done really really well um the cash grab that or the the gimmick side of it i think is more of the codes for me but the series itself sounds interesting i will definitely check it out um at least the 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 premise of the series 
gets me interested, regardless of how good the game is or not. The series itself sounds like it could be really interesting. Really interesting. It's just the the code thing. It's just it feels like anytime there's, I'm just I, I'm imagining right now. Next year, Rocksteady is supposed to be releasing their Suicide Squad game. You know there's going to be a Suicide Squad series, which means there's bound to be some sort of in-game codes. And, you know, it just tends to happen. It's just what happens. Um, Right or wrong, it it doesn't matter. But you know it's it's a marketing ploy to get people who are playing the game to potentially pick up the comics so that they can get these codes for whatever the codes are for. I'm not saying it's bad. I just, I personally hate the idea of there being so many skins. And we'll talk about skins when we get to the Batgirl trailer. But there's so many different things nowadays when it comes to games, just to like the smallest little microtransactions that allow you to have these ridiculous things. I mean, Fortnite is like as big as it is because they have so many different things that you can purchase and they make so many deals with partners like Marvel and DC and Star Wars and other movies and they allow they have the ability for you to purchase these different things just to make your character look a little bit more like a character that you like and stuff like that but that's basically how their entire system is propped up is by these ridiculous skins and codes and microtransactions but I guess back this in the day with Super Super Nintendo, we never had to worry about these. It's true. That's, that's absolutely right. Keep keep scrolling right to the right. And it was it, it was the downfall of the internet and internet gaming that that's basically what made all of this happen. So, um, all right. So there was a couple of updates for a few Batman comics that were previously previously announced prior to San Diego Comic Con. Uh, one of these was the Punchline series, Punchline: The Gotham Game. This will be a six-issue limited series uh, by writers Tinny Howard and Blake Howard, and art by Gleb Milanikov. Um, the first issue will hit retailers on October 25th. There's going to be a slew of uh, variant covers for this. No surprise, Punchline in the past has sold really well. I'm I'm expecting this to at least the first issue with all these variant covers to sell pretty well as well. Um, then there was. Uh, not a whole lot of information, but there was a cover that was released for Batman Incorporated. Uh, that's going to be written by Ed Brisson and art by John Timms. This will be following uh, Ghostmaker and his new, newly put together team. Um, the first issue is going to hit retailers on October 11th. This is an ongoing series. It's not a limited series like the other ones that we've already talked about. This is an ongoing series that is intended to keep going. Um, the other one that uh, there's another series that got announced, um, specifically an ongoing series. This one is coming from writer Matthew Rosenberg and artist Carmine Di Jim Gia Domenico, and it's a Joker series, and it is an ongoing, and it's called The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing. Uh, the first issue is going to hit October 4th. Um, out of these, uh, specifically, the, the Punchline one has been known about for quite some time. Batman Incorporated and Joker both getting a new ongoing series. I think the Joker one is interesting because the Joker series that was go- an ongoing just wrapped up. And obviously, they wanted to kind of, I think, bookend that series and keep it separate from something else, which I think was a which was a good thing um, because last last episode when we talked about the Joker series wrapping up, I was honestly expecting DC to just continue the Joker series because of how well it was doing and 
have a new creative team come on board, but instead they let Tynan basically keep the series to himself, wrap it up, and then they can go in a different direction. Now, it is important to point out that the Joker series, while it was called The Joker, mostly followed James Gordon uh, tracking down the Joker, and the Joker was almost a secondary character in that series, compared to this, which seems like the Joker is clearly the main character and clearly the main focus. I don't know how I feel. Like, it could be good. I don't know. It, it, I Matthew Rosenberg, I feel like I sometimes like him. It depends. It's a hit or miss, yeah. Yeah, he is. And, like, I think, I think he's got the right, like, sense of levity and humor to where it could be an enjoyable book. So I'm, I'm like, curious about it. I think out of the ones you mentioned, the one I'm probably most interested in is Batman Inc. Just because we had that annual, that kind of set it up in Batman where like what it's basically just X-Men, you know, with the greater, you know, Batman Inc. team just going around closing up Lex Luthor labs. So it's kind of like within that confines, they have free reign to travel around the world and, you know, basically find more Batman prototypes or whatever Lex Luthor was doing in all those labs. So the only one I'm unexcited about is Punchline, but that's because we had that backup series and the Joker series that ran for so long and never did anything and never went anywhere. And it just ended with the tease for this series. And I just, I think I had a really audible groan when I read this. <laughs> yeah, out of these, I'll probably lean more towards the Joker. I still need to finish the Tynan series, but I'll definitely check out the first issue, the first few issues of Joker, see if it grabs me, but... It's where they're always gonna. There's always gonna be Batman comics. There's always gonna be Joker comics, and it's weird, just how Joker's just gonna have an ongoing series. Like I, I wonder where it's gonna go. Him focus on him. It's just I don't know. It's strange to me. One thing I will slightly complain about is how long the title is. I don't like how long the title for the Joker series is. Only for from an SEO pers- uh, perspective for the website, <laughs> that is going to be a pain. Uh, but um, all right, so some of the other stuff that's coming. Uh, writer John Ridley will be teaming up with Stefano Raphael uh, for a new six issue miniseries called GCPD: The Blue Wall. And then there is also an animated another miniseries uh, for Harley Quinn um, for the animated series Harley Quinn: The Animated Series Legion of Bats which has Harley teaming up with various members of the Bat family. Um, And then it was also revealed that Todd McFarlane will have Batman and Spawn meet for the third time in a new one-shot coming this December. Greg Capullo will join McFarlane for the issue. Uh, Greg Capullo previously, I mean, I I know Bat fans know Capullo for being on uh, the Scott Snyder run of Batman for a very, very long time during the New 52. Um, But... But prior to Greg Capullo working on Batman, he actually worked over at um, he he worked with McFarlane and Drew Spawn. And at some point, I want to say it was about two or three years ago, maybe four. Um, there was a there was a panel at Comic Con where I believe Greg Capullo said he had a pitch for a Spawn book. Uh, with Batman, but I don't think that this is the same thing specifically because Todd McFarlane himself is involved in this. So we'll see what happens with this. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of Spawn in general. Uh, not to say that it can't be can't be good or it can't be interesting, but we'll see what happens with this. I know that, that there's a huge 
following for the character as well as Batman. And there's a huge following for Capullo and McFarlane, so we'll see what happens with it. Spawn has always had great art, and I always feel like the story is just, it's almost there, but it's never quite for me, like, regardless of what era Spawn were, because I always come back to that well, because I really want to like it. I love the designs, but um, do we know if there's a writer on board? Because I feel like Todd McFarlane always, like, farms out everything lately. If there is, I don't know who it is, because the only thing that I saw from any of the announcements was Todd McFarlane and Greg Capullo. Those were the only names attached that I saw. Cross-promotion, like, with the games and comics, like, this is, we're going to get, like, a $50 action figure two-pack of uh, Batman and Spawn. That's what, that's what this is setting up for. Yeah, no, yeah, you're definitely right, because it's funny, because not too long ago, I sold one of my other Spawn beats Batman comics. I can't remember which one it was, but <laughs> it was, I didn't care about it so much I'm like oh, i'll get rid of it and now it's coming back there's not a lot of details on the gcpd blue wall uh series that's one just the name by itself and the fact that john ridley's attached to it has me interested in it um but there's not a lot of knowledge on what exactly it's going to be diving into other than following the gcpd um the harley quinn stuff Obviously, it sells well, and the series is about to start the se- the, the next season, so it makes sense that they have another tie-in series. Um, but this stuff, Harley sells be- sells great, and I know when it's tied to a series, an animated series, it also is that also does very well. You know, it's going to be successful at least to the degree of them continuing to do them. If Harley gets a season four, there's bound to be another mini series. Yeah, I kind of hope like Harley's one of those um, anchor books that gets people to like read more comics. Yeah, you know, tying it to the series. You know, and John Ridley's always a great writer. So, GCPD, The Blue Wall. Even though we don't know anything, it'll. I'm anticipating it to be really good. Yeah. All right. So that is all the comics news. Um, there's a lot, um, and that's not even talking about some of the other greater DC Universe stuff that we don't really cover a lot here on the podcast or the website in general, but there was Dark Crisis is currently going on, and I don't know anything about it other than the Justice League died, and it's the world without the Justice League, and I don't know how that ties into whatever's going on with Dark Crisis. The only knowledge I know is that uh, Deathstroke is somehow involved, and I'm assuming Talia is involved somehow just because of how things built up in the Shadow War and said they were leading into Dark Crisis. But I don't know anything about that. Uh, but it, they did say Dark Crisis is now shifting names to Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, which if you know the history of Crisis on Infinite Earths, you know that's a very, very, very important event within the DC Universe. So clearly they're trying to hint at something big happening or something important happening that could have ramifications within the DC universe, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wonder if that'll like change anything. Cause you know, it's like we were talking about last time where we've heard like no buzz for it. I wonder if people just have event fatigue, you know, and in, in general with, especially with DC lately. Yeah. I've been, I've been reading dark crisis and I like it, but it is strange how it's not, connected to anything like we talked about how there's no like batman dark crisis tie-in and so i think that's why it's been so under the radar there i know that there is a batman dark crisis tie-in that comes out in like november it's like i think it's called dark crisis a world without batman it's just a one shot and that comes out i think in november and i'm hoping to get that reviewed on the site um if for no, no no other reason then we can just have some sort of understanding of 
something of what's going on, even though it has little to do with everything else that we're covering um, on the site. So, all right, so jumping over to the video game side of things, uh, right as uh, the convention was kicking off, uh, there was a new trailer release featuring Batgirl for Gotham Knights. Um, this is in the same vein as the Red Hood and the Nightwing and the Robin ones that we've already seen, but this one is specifically focusing on Batgirl. Um, there's a lot. There's not a lot story-wise going on here. It's a lot of like her showing off, you know, showing off her move sets, showing off her martial art abilities. There's a lot of acrobatic uh, aspects that I don't necessarily associate with her, but are there. Um, but the one thing that I briefly hinted at earlier that I wanted to come up, you know, that I wanted to talk about is that in the previous trailers, and maybe I'm forgetting it, or I'm, I'm, for, I, I'm, I don't remember it, but I feel like this one they were changing her outfit a lot more frequently, and I understand that it's not story-wise that the outfit's changing. Most likely, it's more of a hey, look at all these different suits that you can have for Batgirl. However, the thing that frustrates me about some of these skins that they have for some of the characters is that there's so many different versions of the costumes that already exist, whether it be in other media or whether it be in the comics or whether it be in different comic series and things like that. That's odd to me that the game has decided to like create these out of nowhere versions of the costume just for the sake of doing it. Um, and that's the reason I was, I was making that comment about the skins is that I just don't understand like, I'm sure some of the classic, you know, the classic costumes will be there for her to wear. But I just find it strange that, like, the ones that they're showcasing are not the ones that you know. It's a bunch of different costumes that we've never seen her in and have nothing, you know, no tie to anything that's existing. So it's just like, hey, look, look what you can do. There will be, like, uh, 50 outfits per character that you can choose from. Which one do you want? Yeah, I, I don't know. I found it... Like, I think I also found it a little, like, jarring, but, you know, and, and in the context of this of the trailer, a little distracting, because, you know, I was focusing on one, and then it, like, abruptly changes, but I, I don't know. I, I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand, you know, what they want me to make of it, other than there's a million of them, and it always seems like there's a million of them, and maybe it's because maybe there's, like, tepid reception to the costumes that were released i don't know you know like and they're just trying to like sell you more it is kind of weird though i mean overall like i would say i i enjoyed the trailer it looks fun her as a character looks like fun to play i'm not quite sure who those villains were in the trailer they seemed kind of like random villains that wanted to like at least to have likenesses to maybe real ones. Like there's one I thought was Professor Pig, but he also kind of looked like Bebop from Ninja Turtles with a fire chain whip, you know. But I mean, I'm I'm still on board for the game, but I don't I don't think this is marketed to me. <laughs> I guess is the end result. I like the trailer, but I was a little disappointed because I was kind of locked in to see on which goofy way they have her like fast travel, like compared to Nightwing and Red Hood and Robin. And it looks like they just have her doing the classic, um, like the Batman Arkham Knight with the cape and glide with the cape. Like I was waiting to see whatever weird thing they came up with. But the trailer looked cool. Like she looks more like her fighting and her travel looks more comic accurate than all the other ones to all the other characters, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I think that was 
definitely something that was closer to what I associate her with. The acrobatic stuff was a little bit probably more, but I know that in the comics she's a gymnast, so she has you know some of that, some of those abilities. She obviously already does the martial arts and all of that, so like a lot of that makes sense. There was there was a there was a couple of moves that I thought were interesting. She had uh, the Billy Club, and it looked like it was like supercharged or electrified or something like that. And when she hit the ground, it kind of like did like a. Hulk smash kind of thing where it's like everybody like you know gets thrusted out of the way I guess from wherever she lands and I th- I thought that was interesting because that's something you typically associate with like a bruiser type character and I don't know that any of these characters are really going to be a bruiser type character just because of the build and the set I Red Hood's probably the closest one to that um the other one was like there was a move when in the very beginning of the trailer she's going against all these you know henchmen or whatever that are trying to rob the armored car or whatever the, the heck they're trying to do. But at the very end of that fight, she had she throws something and it looks like she throwed she threw like twenty batarangs at once. And I thought that was I was like I don't know what that was. And to me. I understand that you can exaggerate certain aspects of uh, combat and things like that, but when you have a character that's set that is intended to take place in like a real version of a you know a real world situation, accentuating certain things like that seems a little odd. I kept staring at that, thinking, "How did she just throw? How how did she even hold twenty batarangs?" But but I just I, I couldn't get it, and I and I'm hoping that. It's not like, hey, we threw in some the, some crazy things that just look awesome, but they don't actually logically make a lot of sense because that's that's the one thing that worried me when I saw that. I mean, yeah, it looked like she threw a grenade and yeah, like a, a bajillion batterings came out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that's the style. Like, I think it's it's whatever games they're mimicking and mocking. They're ones I don't play because I'm not really big on like the drop in drop out like online co op games, but. Um, you know, it seems like it's just like excessive and it's just trying to make a Batman version of whatever market they're trying to appeal to. And it's, you know, I just hope like the story on some level is good and fun and I will be there for it. Yeah. I will. Also, I think we saw that there's a statue of Commissioner Gordon. So I, yeah, he's, it, he's dead. That he's dead. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know that it was said, or maybe it was said in the early trailer, like the one that like reveals that Bruce is also not around. I think that it was like heroes are fallen, and they showed that same statue. Um, so it's it's assumed that he's he's obviously dead as well. Um, the the thing that the the one thing I will say about this game is, uh, you know, I don't, I am not the type of person who even has time to play a lot of video games much less really any i mean i've played probably less than an hour in the last three months quite honestly that said i will be making time to play this game just because it is a batman game and i and i am looking forward to it but i'm more interested in the story side of things so i want to progress through the storyline as as, you know as i as quickly as i can not that i want to like just you know rush through or if you know, it was the old days where you could get a cheat code and get through. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. However, I do want to see how the story play, plays out because I think, if I remember correctly, 
Arkham Knight was the last game that I played all the way through, and it did take me a significant amount of time. And the problem with these games is that there's always a swerve. There's always some sort of like crazy ending to these games. And I understand that this is not rock steady, and I understand that this is, you know, not necessarily going to set up a sequel, but I assume if they've put a lot of money into it, they're going to probably want a sequel. Um, I don't want it ruined. I really don't. I mean, I somehow I managed to like skate through every time a Marvel movie comes out and I can't see it for like three weeks until after it, you know, after it comes out in theaters, I have to walk around on eggshells hoping that I don't actually end up getting something spoiled. But with this game, I feel like because it's Batman and because I'm so dialed into the Batman universe, I will have this spoiled quicker than I'm going to be able to play through. Put some extra lies out there for you. I'll just tell her when that's actually Mayor Hamilton Hill that's behind the Court of Owls. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Yeah, I had I had Arkham Knight spoiled for me, like the big twist in Arkham Knight that it was Jason Todd. But like, I kind of put two and two together on that. Yeah. But that was still spoiled for me. Yeah, and that's always unfortunate. All right, so the next bit of news we've got is a little bit outside of the Batman universe, but it's the DC universe, and more specifically, it's uh, related to a new movie that's coming out. Now, we talked about this earlier in the year. They shifted a lot of the release dates for a lot of the DC films around. Originally, Aquaman was intended to come out in December, and now instead we have Shazam coming out. Shazam, I believe, was was originally planned for, I believe, March... April time frame of 2023 and it got moved up and Aquaman basically they, they just basically swapped and now Aquaman is is in the spring late winter early spring timeline um, that said um, that means we've seen a trailer now now just put it out there that Black Adam was also present at the um, at the convention but other than the characters, you know, some of the actors being on on site and talking about the film itself, they didn't have a new trailer or anything like that. It was a shorter cut version of the trailer that has already existed out that, that already released. So it's not it's not worth talking about the Black Adam one. Now the big news, however, was there was a brand new Shazam trailer. So and it was a full on trailer too. It wasn't like a little teaser that was only like a minute long. It was a full teaser or it was a full trailer. So, what did you guys think of the the, the Shazam trailer? I mean, I liked it. I I'm not quite sure what's going on. Like I I only know really like the Jeff Johns era Shazam and then like what I've seen piecemealed in like team up books or like justice league episodes or something so you know i'm kind of confused there the only thing i think i was kind of i was hoping for but maybe there there's a long game behind this is at the end of the first shazam like post credits they teased mr mind and i was a little bit excited about that so i was hoping to see like that in some form here and he wasn't so you know maybe he's in the movie still or maybe it's being held back for like a third movie or something i don't know but I mean, other than that, it seems like it's the same, you know, tone and, you know, lightheartedness we saw in the other movie, just with, like, more action present. You know, they have a little bigger budget to play with, and they're doing a lot more world building. Yeah, I really like the first one. I think uh, the first Shazam, I think it's kind of underrated, and it kind of got lost in all the DC movie controversy uh, nonsense that was going on so I was really excited for this trailer 
I think it's going to be good. We've got the whole Shazam family running around, so maybe we don't even ever need a Justice League again because we have that. We have five super-powered kids running around with uh, the powers of the gods. And I think that the villain, right, they're, that's not a comic villain. They're kind of made, if I remember right, it was like created for the movie, so that's kind of interesting. I was ready for Mr. Mind. I want this little uh, worm uh, crawling around. but I do I as well. With uh, the new ones, yeah. Um, I, I don't know anything about these villains. Um, I know very little about Shazam. I thought it was cool. I, I did enjoy the first film, um, and I did enjoy the fact that uh, the Marvel family was introduced, um, or Shazam family. But th- that was a cool way to end the the first film. Um, I, too, am looking forward to Mr. Mine. I'm kind of curious how that's going to play out because um, that character... Well, it's kind of off the wall to begin with, but the other side of it is, you know that with Black Adam existing, at some point Shazam is going to come in, is going to encounter Black Adam. So the only thing I could think of, and, and honestly, the way Black Adam, at least what we've seen from the trailer, compares to how Shazam is, they're like so on the opposite on I uh, the opposite side of the spectrum. You've got a very serious Black Adam. Which is true in the comics, and obviously Shazam is not serious, but I'm just trying to figure out how a movie with the two of them will actually work out. Um, and the, all I can think is maybe Shazam 3 is actually Mr. Mine and Savannah, or Savannah again, and then the uh, Black Adam 2 maybe has Shazam, or maybe they just go a completely different route and say, you know what, we don't need to have these characters like actually face each other. Uh, we can just have them acknowledge that they exist or something like that, but we don't need to have them. Because I assume, especially because Shazam is releasing after Black Adam, I assume at some point they're going to make a mention to it since they both get their powers from the same source. So there has to be some sort of acknowledgement that this is, you know, that the character at least knows about the other character. Yeah, um, it's, it. Oh, it's funny, too, because no one ever asked The Rock if he's ever going to fight Zachary Levi Shazam. They're always asking him about okay. if he's going to fight Cavill, Superman, yeah. Henry Cavill. So it's it's maybe I don't think anybody out there knows that these two characters are kind of related because it's always about yeah. Black Adam and Superman. Well, I always hold out hope that maybe we will get Mr. Mine because he rides around in people's ear canals. <laughs> <laughs> he could just be inside Helen Mirren. You never know. It's true. <laughs> That's true. Ooh, that's a good twist. All right. So with that, uh, Shazam is Sh- Shazam Fur- Fury of the Gods is hitting theaters in December. Uh, once it comes out, we will definitely be talking about it. Um, we'll also be talking about Black Adam when that releases later this year as well, and all the other DC films. Um, and if new trailers get released as we get closer, I'm sure once Black Adam releases, we'll probably end up seeing a trailer for Aquaman as well. So I'm sure that's right around the corner. Um, so with all of that being said, that is San Diego. I mean, honestly, there wasn't a lot of news in general. It was kind of surprising to at least a certain degree because in the, in years past, even when there wasn't a large focus on the films, there was always a large focus on DC television. And while there was stuff that was talked about, uh, the one thing I guess I, I didn't mention, but it's kind of like a quick news blurb that was already known, Harley Quinn the animated series is getting a spinoff for Kite Man, and the that actually is getting picked up. It has been picked up. That is, it's a ten episode series. Um, I don't know if it's you know setting it up where it can continue on past this first season. I assume it can, 
but it's not being created at least in a limited fashion. But Kite Man is going to be trying to purchase a bar uh, with his new girlfriend, the Golden Glider, and uh, they're they're trying. And Harley Quinn is not happy about the fact that the bar that she sometimes happens to go to is going to be bought out by Kite Man because she's not a fan of Kite Man. So. That that's happening. I mean, there's not a lot more news outside of that. So I mean, like, there's a Kite Man series coming HBO Max at some point. Um, but there's typically. Do you think that they're just holding out all this for fandom and just really like that? Their main focus is fandom. I hope so. I mean, I really do because yeah. I I mean, like the thing is, fandom last year was at the beginning or middle of middle of October. So it's it's definitely something that they could be holding out for. Um, in past years before fandom, because fandom was basically created because of the pandemic. That was basically, it started in 2020 after the pandemic and Comic-Con didn't exist. So the thing that I could see is fandom does have a lot more stuff, but at least at San Diego, the, the focus in the past has always been, if there wasn't film stuff, there was television stuff. But with all of the Arrowverse stuff being kind of like canceled or becoming minuscule, there wasn't anything with that stuff. So DC didn't even have a booth at the, at the convention, which was very odd considering they're always there. Um, even in the past, the last couple of years at least, the Warner Brothers and DC booth was combined and it still took up a big presence, but they didn't have that. I did see throughout the weekend on Twitter that DC was giving away like um, limited edition pins um, at different panels, if you attended, they would give you a pin and you could try to collect all. I think there was five of them total. But, I mean, I don't know. It reminds me of a story of a couple... This was uh, the year that I think Batman was having his 75th or 80th. I can't remember which year. But C2E2 in Chicago, um, DC in years past had had a booth, had a huge, you know, decent-sized presence... And had a bunch of panels and things like that. And then suddenly, the year that it was Batman's 75th or 80th, I think it was the 75th, but um, DC had no booth. And I thought it was really odd. And I remember asking a PR person while I was in a room doing some interviews with uh, some Batman creators. I remember asking, like, oh, so, you know, what, what's the deal with not having a booth this year? You know, like, are you guys just scaling back how much, how much? convention coverage you guys are doing or what and the PR person got very defensive at the time and I I know for a fact this PR person no longer works for the company so I don't have any problem I don't feel any I don't feel bad for saying this but uh, they got very defensive and were like no we are absolutely supporting this convention as much as we possibly can Uh, we have plenty of creators here obviously and we have a couple of panels and I was like right but you guys don't have a booth you've got cardboard cutouts of Batman that you can take a picture next to I mean that's literally what you've got on the exhibition floor and they were like they were really upset that I was even questioning it because I think there was at least amongst some people that there was a thought that DC was this. I think this was around. I wish I could remember exactly when this all happened, but when, when it happened, I, I just remember thinking, wow, they're really scaling back because if I remember correctly, that was around the same time. Maybe they moved from New York to LA too. So that obviously cost a bunch of money as well. So that said, it seems weird that the biggest comic convention of the year, DC, doesn't have a booth, and they're literally having some panels, sure, but it 
you know, you leave the convention and it's, it doesn't feel like you're getting as much of what you previously got. Now, that could all be changed if fandom does still happen. We haven't heard on whether or not it's going to happen yet. But if it does, then perfect. Then there will be plenty of content and other, you know, DC film stuff and other DC shows and things like that that we'll, we'll, we'll hear and see about. So Something to think about on that end, you know, like if fandom still happens again is, you know, maybe it's just not financially like their best option anymore. I mean, you know, you look at what's been going on with like the video game community with, um, it's that big one that they used to do every like summer blizzard blizzard con. No, there was another one in like Nintendo. Oh, uh, Oh, uh, eats, uh, E3. E3? Yes. Yeah, like, everyone's just kind of been pulling out and doing their own thing. Xbox has their showcase. Nintendo has Nintendo Direct that they do every couple months. You know, like, it's just... PlayStation has their own special event that they sometimes, like, sell tickets to, I think. You can go, like, watch, like, live streams. I just... Maybe it's just not the most viable option anymore. Everyone's just kind of fragmenting and doing their own thing because they have the infrastructure and they can do it cheaper and better. I don't know. Honestly, with how live streams work nowadays and how easy it is to produce them and how good the technology is to like let them run, you know, and not have a whole lot of issues, it actually makes perfect sense for them to do that because I'm sure it is way more cost effective than having to, you know, ship out uh or not ship out, I shouldn't say ship out, but pay for a ton of celebrities and creators and all of them to show up to a convention to promote something when literally they could just have them record something on set that they just play during a live stream that has to, it has to be way more cost effective than you know doing what they do for comic-con because i know it's not it's not cheap yeah that might be it's a lot less expensive but like you lose some of that like that good faith that goodwill like marvel they had their panel where they're announcing all these things and they got the crowd going crazy yeah where you kind of want to see the crowd going nuts but like dc that we got these two movies and that's that's it yeah you don't get like that video of everybody going bananas yeah all right, so with that, that is everything for this episode. Hopefully, we'll hear something about DC Fandom, and if not, then I really am questioning what's going on at DC, because if Fandom's not happening and there was just a little bit of news like this, it doesn't really seem like there's going to be a lot of happy fans at by the end of this year, so... Uh, with all of that being said, if you're interested in anything related to Batman, whether it be movies, television, video games, comics, merchandise, or anything else related to the Bat fandom, be sure to check out our website where we have news, original content, um, other podcasts, all kinds of different stuff. The BatmanUniverse.net is where you can find that. You can also find on the website at the top of the page, you can find um, all of our social links. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we have a Discord. You can find us all over the place. Um, YouTube, uh, wherever you're listening to this episode, please feel free to leave comments. Uh, those comments always end up coming back to us, or you can email us directly at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Uh, with any questions, comments, concerns, or things you'd like us to discuss in the future in in future episodes, um, and then if you are interested in supporting us, be sure to head over to the website. There's a spot on the website where uh, you can find out a variety of different ways to support us, whether it be uh, through Patreon, using our affiliate links, or uh, more specifically, we're always looking for staff to join our ranks 
and uh, work together with us to create awesome content for other Bat fans. So, with all of that being said, uh, this has been the TBU Podcast for BJ, Scott, and myself. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.